Hello and welcome to The Specialist. I'm your host, Rob Barnard, and in this episode, I'll be talking with Ali Williams, founder and creative director of Mark Making. So, okay, Ali might not be a name you're too familiar with in the intermediary mortgage market, but I guarantee you'll have seen his eye-catching work many times, as he's one of the creative geniuses that helps bring to life the brands of many of the UK's leading mortgage lenders. Lenders like Nationwide, TMW, Oldermore, Coventry for intermediaries, and, of course, Pepper Money, to mention just a few. Together with co-founder and fellow creative director Steve Turner, Ali launched Mark Making back in 1995 and since then together have become one of the UK's leading creative agencies, helping dynamic startups, established giants and literally everything in between. Ali, I'm absolutely delighted to have you join me on air today. Thank you so much, Rob. What an intro. Well, I feel like an imposter after that. No, not <laughs> at all. I did my research, you say. I always like to do that. So, so come on, let's kick off by you bringing yourself to life a little bit for the listeners, if you would. I mean, how, how did you start your career? How did you meet Steve and then together literally set about launching Mark Making? That's a good question. Um, so Steve and I, we met at university. Uh, we didn't know each other prior to, to uni. We met at Lancaster University. And at that time, Lancaster had a, a very niche course. It was visual arts and marketing, a combined wow. combined honours. And independently of each other, that must have appealed. Because I think we both were uh, keen, keen on art and felt that if we could make some sort of uh, business from that, then a course such as that would be a, would be a good one. So we, we met there. We were, I think it was the second year, we started thinking, you know, actually after this uni life, we probably ought to do something uh, serious. Uh, and we started discussing the idea of maybe starting an agency. Um, we were both uh, excited at that prospect. We invested in the very earliest Macs. They look like pizza boxes, <laughs> if anyone can uh, rem- remember those. Um, and we uh, we asked my mum, who was a physiotherapist at the time, working from home, if we could uh, take over her treatment room. Well, coincidentally, she went off to do a fine art degree, age 50, good for her. Um, we, we, t- we converted her room into an office. We spent about nine months there trying to trying to get the ball rolling we to be honest we had zero commercial experience <laughs> uh, bank balances to match uh, but we had some quite nice portfolios and we had we had a lot of enthusiasm and we gradually built a little bit of traction uh, after about nine months understandably my mum wanted a house back um, we needed a proper office and we moved to Oxfordshire to Chipping Norton and uh, uh, one of Steve's relatives very kindly loaned us an office space on the condition that we didn't put anything on the walls. We didn't touch anything. Um, <laughs> um, and if anybody came along who could afford to pay the rent, then we had to move out. So whilst we were there, we set about converting another office. Um, uh, just to, I mean, it's quite a long story. But uh, and then from there, where we are currently, still in still in Chipping Norton, but we're in the late uh, Ronnie Barker's office. I was going to touch on yeah. that because, I mean, having visited your office, yeah. it, it would have been wrong not to mention yes. the late, yes. great Ronnie Barker. Yes, yeah. I, I mean, it's great to have that history. We uh, we have four candles in the reception area. Fantastic. That's a mini tribute. And we have a kind of 
Banksy-style illustration of his open all hours character. That seemed quite apt uh, on one of the walls as well. So it's a lo- yeah, it's a lovely building, and it and it served us well. And it's a lovely story. And and uh, the bit there about Steve's relation there saying you can't stick anything yeah. on the wall that must be alien to you because I've been in your <laughs> office upstairs where we've brought yeah. some of the brands that yeah. I've mentioned yeah. to life, yeah. and literally we paper the whole room, don't we, with yeah. ideas? Or, it, or we have them. You're, you're spot on. I mean, we had to create these desks. Thinking back now, that. Um, obviously didn't touch the walls but had quite big backs to them so that we, we could kind of pin early concepts and thoughts and ideas on on those um, and uh, that, that worked well enough you know we, we were happy to take whatever we could get at those stages and, and we're going to talk about strap lines and brands mm. and things like that yeah. but, but can I say I think your own is yeah. one of the best I've ever heard. Blood, sweat, and ideas since 1995. I think is phenomenal. Yeah, it just it just felt like it kind of captured the essence of you know you you uh, you do have to work at it. Creativity is a discipline, and I think people forget that sometimes. You know, it take it take it takes rigor uh, to come up with uh, with good ideas ultimately, and that just seemed to capture it quite nicely. I think it's brilliant. I think I think you and I probably first met back in the early noughties when I was. Mm viewers of earlier editions will have heard I was a BDM at Verso and of course we've worked together at several lenders between then and now I mean the specialist lending arena has developed I think significantly over the last 20 years but how has B2B marketing changed over the same time span? It's changed almost beyond recognition I mean B2B has always been if you like the poorer cousin to B2C particularly when it comes to creativity I think you refer to it as less sexy <laughs> did I maybe less sexy in, in your website <laughs> somewhere or one of the reports I've read yeah I, I think it, historically it's had a, a reputation a fair reputation for very product-centric rational messaging so it's about facts and it's about features uh, and more of a short-term f- sales focus and over the years that we've worked in B2B, um, something we've always tried to encourage and something that we've seen generally uh, happen anyway is a greater understanding of brand building and the importance of brand building um, and really understanding the difference between short-term tactical activity versus long, long-term long brand building activity. And part of the reason for that is that um, particularly in B2B, there's a, there's, a, there's a quite powerful stat that 95% of B2B buyers aren't in the market for your product at any given time. Wow. So five, five, that 5% of the time when they're ready to buy, you want your brand to come to mind. You want your brand to be front of mind. So it puts a lot of emphasis on being memorable, not just having a compelling offering, uh, but actually being being memorable. And you've already kind of referenced uh, uh, campaigns and, and strap lines in the past, but being memorable gives you that opportunity of being in that consideration set. And I was thinking um, just recently about how that might apply to intermediary lending, because p- probably those stats aren't quite the same if you think about brokers and that, that's a B to B to C situation. But the principle is the same. So if somebody was to come to a broker wanting some sort of specialist mortgage, maybe maybe it's buy, buy to let, you want to be confident that your brand is going to be one of a handful of brands that come to mind. And um, a piece of work that we did with Pegasus Insight or some uh, some data that Pegasus Insight um, un- uncovered was that the a typical intermediary has a mental repertoire of just five lenders. So if to get into that mix, to get into that, that set, you have to work pretty hard. And I think that's where we've seen 
B2B become more like B2C, recognizing that you need to make an emotional connection. Um, and actually even within B2B, within the market that we're particularly familiar with, intermediary lending, that the same applies. So we're seeing more creativity because you do need to stick in people's minds. And, and I think if if, um, if 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 you recall, 2023 was a challenging year in the in the UK mortgage market for all host of reasons. And I was saying to all our, our sales guys, you really need to stay very visible. It's yeah. more important to be more visible when mm. you're maybe not writing the volumes that you'd like to be doing. You need to be there to take that step change when the market allows us to. Well, you do. And I mean, that's... That's that's a really good point because actually in a, in, a, in a quieter market the opportunity to gain more share of voice you know most people back off and they reduce their marketing and it's it's understandable and do it at your peril and, and, it, and it's naturally yeah do it the other way round get get greater share of voice during that time and that will translate to share of market um, afterwards and hopefully my specialist podcast is playing a very small part I'm sure of keeping it is. pepper front I, I, of mind I'm sure it is right. so so come on bring it we've touched on it already but yeah. why just why is creating a strong marketing campaign just so important um i think you know ultimately brands brands can be built in in, in different ways and campaigns they're, they're just a means to an end so whether that end is uh i guess in the intermediary space uh uh, more broker regist- registrations, more 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 applications, or it might be uh, further down the pipeline. It's just it's just more sales. Um, whatever whatever it is, the campaign serves as a vehicle to to deliver on that. And the better the campaign, the more effective, uh, or the, the more readily you will deliver on that that objective. I mean, so brand awareness is obviously something that runs right through your veins with a strong yeah. focus on, as we've said, creating really strong B2B brands that, that literally stand out from the crowd. Now, I was interested to read a recent piece of work that you've sort of pulled together that brings this to life, I think, in an absolutely fantastic way. And it's called B2B More Human. Yeah. What a great, what a great, yeah. what, what does it entail? So that, that, that's been um, a piece of work that we've been developing o- over the past year or so, which is kind of a consolidation of observations of having worked in B2B for nearly nearly 30 years dare I say it Um, 29 years I think Um, what we what we've come to witness is that what separates the very best the highest performers in B2B from the kind of the thanks for coming um, is that they recognize that business to business is still just people to people Um, and I guess underpinning B2B more human is this central premise that human nature has not changed you know the world the world around us um has changed and it continues to change at an alarmingly fast pace but we are still the same illogical fallible um imperfect human beings that we've we've always been and and that that's how we connect and we we started thinking about what is it then if 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 human nature hasn't hasn't changed and we're seeing that these b2b brands are outperforming their 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 competitors what is it that they're doing particularly well and we were able to distill it into what we effectively called principles four principles um the first of which is um uh people before product so so in marketing marketing 101 is start with your customer you know but it often gets lost and uh, people get particularly in b2b get particularly excited about their, their their products and and forget that ultimately what you're trying to do is provide a solution to a problem and you need to demonstrate empathy to that problem and then present present the solution 
there is a time and a place for uh, more, more detail, but ultimately you, you do need to lead with the, the customer and their, their, their needs. So that first one is um, people before product. The second one is keep it real. Um, and that's really all about relatability and likability. So when when you behave in a genuinely authentic way or a relatable way, um, you're generally more likable. When you're more likable, you're more memorable. And as we've already talked about, if only 5% of your audience are actually ready to buy your product at any given time, you need, you need, to, be, you need to be memorable. And there's, there's, something, there's something called, um, I don't know if you're familiar with it, called the, the pratfall effect. It was a study done year, years ago to demonstrate actually how demonstrate the the appeal of imperfection if you like oh, yeah. so they had um not dissimilar to this i think i think the the um the the setup was a a a mock um quiz show and the quiz show host in one one version uh he's pretty much flawless and in a second version at the end of the show he accidentally spills some coffee on his shirt and then the viewers were asked to rate who which which uh host did they prefer and uh, perhaps as i've given given the game away <laughs> they went for the one who demonstrated a degree of, of vulnerability and imp- imperfection so within b2b again where i think historically be corporate be professional uh etc there's been this kind of misguided notion that 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 being credible uh, and professional, but at the same time being human or, or imperfect and mutually exclusive, and 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 then and they're not, and then the third one is head and heart. Uh, just whipping through these, uh, and that's a recognition of needing to get the balance right. So we talked a little bit earlier about how uh, you know there, there is a place for for facts and features. You know, at some point in somebody's buying decision, there's more conscious evaluation, but. To get to that point, you've first got to be in the mix with with the alternatives, whether you're buying a car, choosing a car brand, but whether you're choosing a lender. So getting that balance of um, messaging and campaign activity that drives an emotional connection versus the more rational-led marketing is really important. And the last one, which um, I think will appeal to you, is, 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 is dare to be different and... Yeah, I think human nature. This is probably where there's a bit of a contradiction in our in, in part of our idea. But but you know we I, we we want to belong, and the same applies to brands. So you know birds of a feather flock together, and 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 all of that. But sometimes you need to step out of outside of that. Again, back to those hard statistics that you need you need to come to mind. You don't want to adhere to category norms, and and you know I. I I'd be a wealthy man if uh, I if, if I got a pound or two for every time we, we've sat with a, a client in the early stages and they've told us how different they are, uh, gone into real detail and then finished that that sentence with, and we really want to look like Starling or we really want to, and you're thinking, so you just told me how different you are and now you tell me what <laughs> to look like. So, 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 so it, 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 it's not, it's not easy to do, but, but fortune does really favour the brave. Dare to be different. I think that's yeah. really, really good. And it's something I do in my presentation style. I mean, I, I, and you guys have helped me pull together a of few, course. a few uh, yeah. really different presentations over time because you've got to try and stay in people's minds. Yeah. I mean, it's all well and good. So we're out there. We create. We we put out campaigns. You pull together presentations. But but what's the best way then to measure whether a marketing campaign is successful or not? Yeah. Another another great question. I mean, it it it, it depends on the type of campaign. So uh, again, as we've touched upon, you know, some campaigns might be 
much more tactical, much more sales focused. You know, we need to drive X, X number of sales or we want, we're expecting this level of site traffic or an email campaign and we want uh, a certain click-through rate is a very different type of campaign with a different um, set of, of, of metrics to a brand building campaign, which might be about, we want to be recognized for this these handful of attributes, being innovative, being great to work with, uh, having a particularly um, flexible product range, etc. So you have to, you, you start with, well, what type of campaign it is, the thing, the common ground then is that whatever type of campaign it is, be be very clear what the goals are. So um, have your goals, make sure they are measurable goals, and then be very clear what your baseline metrics are. Where are you now? Uh, and it, it sounds really obvious, and it is, and it's common sense, but it's quite easy to get caught up in the excitement of we're just doing a campaign. But if you can establish where you are now against certain metrics, where you want to be, then of course you can you can you can measure it and um i think in a world where there are so many ways to to measure in really granular detail particularly with digital marketing you can get a little bit lost and uh, there's, there's a potential um to get wrapped up on something called last last click attribution so yep. the last thing i did was click on that banner ad so it must be that banner ad ah, totally i get that <laughs> uh where actually it could be 10 years worth of brand building and creating memories etc etc it's exactly what i talk about all the time if yeah. you ask a broker where they got that idea of that mortgage from yeah. they'll often say sourcing systems yeah. it yeah. takes away the fact they've got a bdm visit an email a click through an advertorial an yeah. advertorial there can be seven components i think but they'll think of the last thing so i think that uh, it's, it's, brings it, it to life it, beautifully it, 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 it's spot on and i think i think it's also also worth saying um you know naturally everybody's very concerned about return on investment particularly uh, cfos um but there are times when it's not that easy to to, to measure um uh, it may may be very difficult to, to to measure but i think the idea of cio cost of inaction where you know there's a risk associated with any action but often there's a greater risk in no action at all. And I think that's sometimes a nice way to look at it, particularly with the brand building ads, because on paper you're thinking, OK, this is a long term investment. I need some sales now. But the point of long term brand building is that you are you're trying to assure future sales. Um, and if you get that balance right, assuring future sales with immediate sales, then you know, you're on to long-term success. And, and I challenge brokers at the moment, I'm challenging them all the time to say, have a look at your website. Does your website scream about your solutions? But especially in specialist lending, because mm. if you think about it, brands like Pepper Money, yep. we don't take business direct from a customer. It has to come through a broker. Yeah. So if a customer's at home searching for a solution because they've got a blip on the credit file or they've got a complicated income structure, they might find me, but they then have to find a broker. So it's important the brokers have a look at their websites and make sure it screams about the solutions that are available to them. Yeah, yeah, abs absolutely. So absolutely. what are the crucial components then, do you think, about ensuring a strong brand image while sort of making sure reputation is, is maintained? Mm, mm. Well, I, th I think probably the first, the first point is clarity. So, you know, if you're talking about brand image and reputation, what do you want your brand image and reputation to be? So uh, be absolutely clear that you know um what what it what it is the image that you want to project and the reputation you're seeking so again it's a bit like kind of where's our start point what do we want to achieve second one consistency 
So, and, I, and I'm talking, I'm not just talking about visual identity, I'm talking about behaviours, uh, everything, you know, act in a consistent way within the realms of back to human <laughs> within, yeah. you know, we all, we all make mistakes, but, but, but do your very best to be, to be con consistent. And with identity, and this might be one for another conversation, we've, we've been doing, uh, we, we, in conjunction, I've mentioned them already, Pegasus Insight, we launched, um, the first study into distinctive brand assets into, in the intermediary lending space. So what we are trying to um, understand is to what degree... So a distinctive brand asset is effectively a proxy for a brand name. So rather than saying Pepper, um, how many people would, rep would recognize Pepper from the color red, for, yeah. for example? And if they, if, if they, if they recognized it, how many of them would directly attribute it to, to, um, to Pepper? So it's an interesting way of trying to understand how elements of your, your, your brand identity um, are being active, ensuring that your brand is mentally available. Um, you would be a you would be a distinctive brand as asset, um, Rob, because it's extended to people. Me? You would, you would. I bet nobody's ever called you that before. I've been called a lot of things <laughs> through my career, Ali, but that's uh, that's that's never been mentioned before. I'll take it as a compliment. But so, no, I get that. It's yeah, association, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's association, and that's been fascinating. You know, it, it it's looked at a lot in the B two C world. You don't see it so much in B two B, and. Um, uh, yeah, myself and Mark Long from Pegasus, we've been really keen to to to, to explore that. Um, so yeah, clarity, consistency, and probably a third in terms of strong image and reputation is is authenticity. Yeah. You know, just 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 live your values um, in the way that you operate and the things that you do, um, the way you behave. Uh, everybody will get things wrong, um, but you know, we all know if you're quick to put your hand up, fix it, and demonstrate how you're not going to kind of. Uh, fall into the trap further down the wow. line, then often you come out stronger for it. Ali, I've, I've really enjoyed the conversation. We oh, could yeah. go on for, forever, really. But come on, when you're not being creative and re running a successful business, how does Ali Williams sort of relax <laughs> of an evening? <laughs> um, I, do, do you... Uh... Do you remember Nielsen Holidays? Well, they're still around. Are you familiar with Nielsen Holidays? The name, the brand so, so, resonates. So, so Nielsen Holidays, um, there are a few holiday operators that uh, you know operate work in the same space but they they specialize in kind of activity. activities yeah exactly. I was gonna say it's and they had a strap line um did you create it no okay, no but i love it and uh it was called relax as hard as you like um and that resonated with me and yeah i mean in terms of what, what do i do well you know you know i'm a bit of a triathlon ball so if if i've got the time i'll be swimming biking or or, or, or running but equally um my 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 two kids are still of an age just where they they want to hang out with us so if we can find something on on netflix i'll put down my running shoes uh, so what was the last thing you watched on netflix we watched bodies um okay. with yeah. Stephen. oh he's also in boiling point he's been loads of things i forget his surname he's brilliant brilliant actor Good. but that was fun yeah good something like to that. watch yeah Ali, it's been an absolute delight having you on the show today. Thanks so much for making space in your diary to talk with me. Come on, challenge your own brand. Making it more human might simply involve a few simple nip and tucks here and there. Why not take the B2B More Human Health Check that's available on the Mark Making website? And you'll find that at mark-making.com. Being totally honest with you, Mark Making are undoubtedly the best creative agency I've ever worked with through my career. Always eager to challenge the accepted. They consistently come up with excellent creative solutions that capture the imagination and deliver a first-class brand message. 
anyone looking to work with an agency before making a decision, I really do urge you to speak with these guys. Being honest, brokers and lenders can always improve how they engage with a broader range of customers. Common goals underpin strong relationships, and we need to be open to challenging each other to collaboratively be better. An example of this is the recent launch of the Pepper Money Broker Marketing Hub. This dedicated area on our website aims to provide information on the steps to consider before setting up a marketing campaign, including practical tips and insights into different customer types. Whether it's support on PR, social, email or advertisement, this is a perfect opportunity for brokers to discover new ways to help grow their business. Ali, it's been great. Thanks for joining me. Absolute pleasure. Many thanks, Rob. And of course, a big thank you also goes out to you, our listeners. If you love the content today, then do let us know on social using our hashtag, hashtag Pepper Specialist Podcast. And of course, hit follow to get notified when our next episode releases.